0: This episode of Business Inspires is brought to you by the Village of Marble Cliff. Small village, big thinking. Find everything you need at marblecliff.org. This is Business Inspires, a monthly podcast of the Tri-Village Chamber Partnership. To run a successful business, you need resources, valuable connections, and community recognition. Business Inspires will provide you with the tools, resources, and examples to inspire you to create the business you're envisioning
1: but it's true um, that we sort of started by accident. Um, I asked Alex to build a table for our house because we needed a dining table and I couldn't find what I wanted. I knew he would entertain my request. And so we built we. There's that. There
2: you go, that
1: we. <laughs> so Alex built us a table and, um, you know as we started having friends and family over and people started seeing it, they started encouraging us to start a business. Mm -hmm. They kept saying, people will pay you to do this. Um, And so we started an Instagram page. (laughs) And I feel like the rest is history now. Um,
2: Yeah, I mean, it uh, started out out of a need for something that we needed. Um, I'd never built a table before. But I was willing to figure out how to do it, and
3: <clears throat> we clearly had the skill to do it.
2: Well, I I, I learned the skill to do it. Yeah. I had the I think the skill that I have always had is the ability to figure it out, figure out how to do it with a lot of things. I mean, so that every, applies
1: across your life, every, probably. Yeah, well, that's yeah. What you're saying. yeah,
2: yeah. To in general is is the ability and the willingness to figure out how something is made or mm-hmm. done. I joke that he's the help desk.
1: Like, you need <laughs> you get help your own Genius and, bar? And, Yes, exactly. <laughs> if I can figure out how to make something work in Gmail or on my computer or the printer, mm-hmm. he's the guy.
3: Mm-hmm. So, what were you doing at the time?
2: I was selling wine for a local wine wholesaler. I did that for about 12 years. Um, and, um, so yeah i was selling wine for a local wine wholesaler and you know when this started we were just kind of working out of our garage a little one off here one off Mm -hmm. there and it started to grow and get to the point where we had to make a decision about whether or not we wanted to make it more than a you know side hustle one off here one off there working Mm -hmm. working at night in the garage on the weekends in the garage Etc. So I was still very much on the fence about it. Um, well, Lindsay was, you know, she's the visionary, it was and always will be. Um, we got the opportunity to go look at a shop space, commercial shop space with some friends of ours that were considering moving their retail store and were curious if we were interested in maybe partnering with them on a space. And I, you know, I didn't really have any intention of actually going through with it. And I'm like, I'll entertain Lindsay to go look <laughs> she at the won't space. I always go look at the space, you know, just to humor her. And I walked in and I'm like, Wow, what could I do with a space this big? Yeah. And it wasn't that big. It was not even too that small Well in
1: hindsight, yeah. It was yeah. massive compared to our yeah. one. Well, two, two car, car garage, garage, but it yeah. was actually
2: right around the corner, right down on Treby and uh, Riverside. Um, that ultimately that didn't happen, um, but it got the wheel spinning. About okay, like we should do this. And right. How do we do it? Um,
1: it was like a glimpse into what was possible. What could be? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right.
2: And you know, I think I think we're both big believers in everything happens for a reason, and when it's supposed to happen, and you know, that got the wheel spinning. And made us realize, all right, we need to get some money, how we do that. Because we just, it was like a side hustle. No like one's going to
1: sign a commercial lease with right. it was just these little, people it was just, just, just have little, some great dream.
2: It was just a little extra here and there. You know, we weren't really saving anything to mm-hmm. put back into the business. And so we decided to do a Kickstarter campaign. But, you know, at that point, we were like, all right, we need to do this. And we got to do it now. But since that didn't happen, it gave us time to step back and pause and really plan that out mm. and execute that appropriately. Cause that's something that we learned is, you don't just throw together a Kickstarter or crowdfunding campaign.
1: Yeah. There's so much planning involved in launching a successful crowdfunding campaign. And we ultimately decided to use Kickstarter as our platform. And what I think oftentimes people who haven't done a lot of research about Kickstarter don't realize is, if you say okay. you want to raise twenty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, if you raise nineteen thousand nine hundred and ninety nine dollars you get zero dollars, so it's all or nothing, you have so to reach your goal so you have to reach your goal and um, they really encourage you to do you can do like thirty day campaigns or sixty day campaigns and all of the information basically pointed towards you should do a 30-day campaign because if you don't fund in 30 days, you're not going to fund in 60. It's all about momentum. Likely, and yeah. And so we spent a couple of months really being very thoughtful and doing a lot of research about how to plan and execute a successful Kickstarter campaign. And I will tell you that all of the success of that campaign was done
3: before we even launched and were like live on the Kickstarter website. So well, good for you guys for having the forethought to, to do that, because I think that'd be easy to just jump into and say, oh yeah, let's just do that right? without thinking about all the, the details of, yeah. of what that means. Right. And then you're
1: in it and you're scrambling because you're on the clock, right? Like, yeah. oh shoot, we need to do X, Y, Z, and we have 12 days left in our campaign and it's going to take eight to execute that or whatever. So um, that was super important um, in, I think, really the success and birth of the business. Because if we hadn't funded that Kickstarter campaign I mean, who's to say never? But I don't. I think maybe our enthusiasm would have been dampened a bit. Right, it would have been hard. And I think um, you know we had a lot of support from friends and family who supported through the Kickstarter campaign and who we knew were going to pledge. But I think that there was um, validation to our friends and family that we could do it and we were going to be successful by doing that Kickstarter campaign. And if we had failed in the Kickstarter campaign and then gone to friends and family trying to get money, I don't know.
3: If it would have panned out. Right. so It might have been a harder sell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But, it's sort of deflating, so you have to start over. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Um, and I think, you know, so we funded that Kickstarter campaign, and we were able to sign a lease on a commercial shop, which seemed enormous at the time. Yeah. I remember walking in there thinking, oh, my gosh, how will we ever fill this space? But when you give your business room to grow, it grows. And so we were able to hire an employee,
2: um, a couple two employees yeah,
1: a couple employees, upgrade some equipment, get some new equipment, take on more jobs, and turn things quicker um, and so you know, with that, the spider web starts to build, and our business just started growing and growing so yeah, and you've moved against this <laughs> and then we moved yeah, so that space we thought we could never fill. We outgrew in six, maybe nine months. I'm uh, trying yeah, to remember.
2: In nine, after about nine months, we're like, man, we really need a bigger space. Yeah, and we yeah, started. That's you know, we kind of started the process because we had we had a three year lease, so we still had a significant amount of time on our lease.
1: We ended up moving out. Two years after moving in, we had one year left on our lease, but we found someone to sublet that ended up being fantastic and it also helped launch their business and sca- they scaled too. I feel like that space was like an incubator for yeah. people who were taking side hustles and expanding and growing. And now she's moved on and has a beautiful new space and a thriving business. But um, So we moved out and now we've been in our new space, which is sort of in the Grandview Yard area, mm-hmm. um, for two and a half years.
2: And we're wow. starting to wonder if that's gonna outgrow be <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, we have like
1: thirteen thousand square feet, something like that. Um, yeah, which and it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's a really inspiring space, and we love it. But you know, as your business grows,
3: wow. So, so I have to ask: when you built that first table, surely you'd built something before. Like, was that really your first project? <laughs> it was the
2: first like piece of? Well, I guess it wasn't the first piece of furniture I built. I built like a bathroom vanity. So we remodeled our. Our first home and did the large majority of it ourselves. Um,
1: He was like handy. Yeah. We, I wanted concrete countertops in our kitchen before concrete countertops were super cool. And he was like, I'll figure out how to do it. And that's like, goes back to to his tools. tools. (laughs) And and
2: again, like the, the ability and willingness to figure out Mm -hmm. how to do something I didn't know how to do. Yeah. um, So yeah, so built the table, did the Kickstarter yeah, and then I continued to work my full time job for two more years. It was just I just had my three year anniversary last week.
1: Gotta love Facebook p- wow. memory pop ups. It wow. popped up on my Facebook memory. It was um, he loves brownies, so I made brownies and we had a bottle of bubbly on his last day at his full time job. And we like celebrated this new venture. Yeah, like this when week. I, when I, it was left I think it was that. Monday that when that memory popped up. We were sitting at the um, table, yeah, so it was October 1st, and I, I was like, yeah. "Look at this! It was three years ago today. We would have never remembered if it wasn't for wow. so yeah, I mean, this that Facebook was, memory." So
3: how long have has have you had this business? It's six, it's years. Six, six years. Six. Okay. You know. it, so, so it was six, it six years
1: in July that we started an Instagram handle. Okay. So I don't know if that's really like. Yeah, Starting a business. Been it off, but right? it was like planting the seed if and I think the first post was something right. along the I'd have to go back and look at it, I should know that. But um it was like, hey, we're building custom furniture, so if you have a little project Yeah. yeah. And I mean
2: it wasn't too far after that that we actually, you know, like filed like Yeah you know, articles of origination and all that stuff, yeah. like Secretary of State and like, officially. Yeah. yeah
1: I mean. But yeah, so just six years and only like Four and a half years since we
3: um hired someone, Space, yeah, you got an employee, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, so what were you doing at the time? A couple of things, yeah. <laughs> I was
1: staying home with our kiddos, mm-hmm. and when we decided to do the Kickstarter, I was pregnant with our third, so we had two, one in the oven, and I'm um, like making big life changes all at once, <laughs> Yep. I mean, looking back on it, I'm thinking. Oh gosh, our parents must've thought we were crazy. Our well, yeah. But you know, yeah. you just, one, I was say one foot in front of the other, it. just yeah. a body in motion stays in motion. You just got to keep moving. Mm-hmm. So I was staying home with our two kids at the time and baking our third. And, um, I also have a business outside of Edgeware creative. I have a freelance makeup artistry business. So I was okay. doing that on the weekends. He was working during the week I was staying home with the kids and on the weekends wow. I would go to work and he would stay home with the kids. Um, and I do still run that business, but just sort of on the side, it's like my little passion project that I do for
3: myself Yeah, um, and it's just me and I love it. Yeah. So, so you're both working this, this business full time now. Yeah. I mean, you would say this is full time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: definitely for you. I hate like glorifying hours work cause it's not that, but, um, we probably put in two full... He puts in two full work
3: weeks in one week. In one, yeah. probably. Um, but yeah. So well, I want to know, like thinking back when when you guys were little, what did you want to be when you grew up? Did you ever see yourself doing something like this? Um, no.
2: I don't know. I don't know that I ever really had the entrepreneurial bug. I think at one time, you know, I wanted to be an architect. I wanted to... Because I got a little bit older, I like was interested in real estate and some stuff like that. I would um, say
1: those two worlds have combined here a bit. I mean, you're not an architect bad. and you're not in real estate, but we yeah. you build things for homes. Yeah, so work there's with architects the, a lot. Yeah, and you work um, with architects a lot. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I, I I never really had the desire to start a business. I don't think. It just like it just kind of happened. It just
3: happened, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Were your parents never, would, entrepreneurs? No. Her dad was. Yeah, yeah.
3: just curious. Sometimes yeah. I think that that. Uh, I think too. I've talked.
1: You know, I f- I find that the longer you become an entrepreneur, the more we seem to be surrounding ourselves with other entrepreneurs, and there's energy to, there. Yeah, there's an energy and a synergy, and an understanding um, that just nobody. If you're not an entrepreneur, you just can't understand. It's like becoming a parent. You can't. Explain it to someone. No,
2: um, nobody moves at the speed an entrepreneur moves. Yeah, and so we you we, spend,
1: we spend a lot of time with other entrepreneurs. And um, when you start a business, you start a business typically be out of like a passion for something or an interest in something, and not because you have a passion for running a business. So I much. Most people, right? Like yeah. the accounting and the HR and the Nuances and it's like Some we kind of, really liked interiors and he knew how to build stuff. And so it was like a way for us to use our creative energies to do something cool. And then the next thing we knew we had a business. Mm-hmm. Um so
3: And then sometimes tending to the business part of it is like the least fun part of it. If that's And not starts consuming what, the most amount right. of time. <laughs> yeah. But it's, right, the, but most you, it's part. the most important. You have yeah. to pay attention to it or you don't have a business anymore. Yeah. You have a
1: hobby. We have
2: learned some of those lessons over the last few years. Um, and like I said, I've never, I, I never had the entrepreneurial bug until we were in it. But looking back, I would never go back. Yeah, you know, never I could never either. work for somebody again. Yeah. Never, you know. We, la- Last year, middle late last year, we hit a little rough spot and had to make some really tough decisions and learned there a was, lot there were some some nights like discussing like man can we do we really want to do this is this worth it you know are we going to what are we going to do and and then think like what uh, but what else are we going to do go back and sell wine again or mm-hmm. go work for Nordstrom again or go work for somebody else <laughs> no. yeah
3: yeah well busy, I think being a business owner is it's really hard and and there's so much pressure um, and when you're in it together mm-hmm. as a couple, yeah, then there's even double the pressure with your family and the responsibilities that you have and now you have employees and yeah. um, it it it's hard. Yeah. It's, it's a, really hard. It's
1: a big weight for sure. But I think ultimately we ended up we learned some really valuable lessons. Um and what kinds we, of
3: lessons are you willing to share? Um
1: yeah, I mean just f- <laughs> finances and like just really digging into the like nitty-gritty of um finances, staffing, finding that, you know, we went through a massive amount of growth in a very short amount mm-hmm. of time and we run a pretty lean operation. Um, and there are just, I think sometimes there's just lessons you can't learn until you're in it. And so we have found the perfect blend of like, how much do we need to sell and how much staffing do we need to have and how are we tracking and managing our profitability are we profitable um, and uh, putting some systems and we, what, what I would say we've done remarkable in the last year is we've found the right people. We um, have put some systems and processes in place for tracking and for like sales and business development mm-hmm. and um, really just like dialed in on the finances mm-hmm. of the business and, and, Twelve months—the conversations we were having twelve months ago, and like the conversations now. we're having now. Um, you know, we have a fractional CFO that works with us, and on a monthly yeah. basis, he's like, "I this." You know, in the last six months, he's like, D- "I love having these calls. These are the best calls." And the That's great. the way that our conversations have changed from a year ago is remarkable. <laughs> and um, he's just always been so encouraging about if any business owner tries to tell you that they're not going through the same stuff or that they haven't gone through the same stuff, they are lying to you (laughs) because everybody is like quietly learning tough lessons and making Mm -hmm. adjustments. And he's always just so complimentary about how we were able to like be faced with a hard and difficult decision or a daunting decision where we had to learn something and make it and get better and learn from it and not make that mistake again. And so, and that's, you know, that's the life of an entrepreneur. I think you just have to be um, nimble, and you have to be willing to learn
3: the lesson and move on, and not have be too proud. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I think it's it, it's sometimes hard, but you have to recognize your weaknesses, right? Mm-hmm. Know what you don't know or figure out what you don't know mm-hmm. and then hire the people or bring people in who can complement that or, or help yeah. you figure that out. Yep. And sometimes that's hard because it's your baby and it's your own thing and you want to make all your own decisions. But yeah. the reality is you have to, um, trust in people that know more than you do yep. about certain aspects of it anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think we just got to a point where we, um, had a,
1: we, you know, there's so much excitement in growing so fast. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of stress and a lot of stuff to 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 be figured out. Well, yeah. And there's like a lot of stuff to figure out. And sometimes there's just not time to figure it out. You just like, you gotta just keep up. And we spent a lot of years just keeping up and trying to, um, grow. And now we're at a point where we want, we were able to like pause and say, okay, so we've had this incredible amount of growth. How much do we want to continue to grow at that rate? How big do we want to get? What do we want to do? And have um, more thoughtful planning that goes into like our growth strategy and how much we want to grow and what that means and what needs to happen. And so, um, and we've been able to execute that this last year.
3: What we I wanted to do. Those are really good questions to ask yourself, too. Like, how, how big is big enough? Or you know, what's ideal? And, mm-hmm. and right. How, how much incomes enough or how much or how how large a place or and when to say no. I do think yeah it's hard to say no sometimes when someone calls and says, Hey, I have this great project, Mm -hmm. but you're already full. Yeah. Uh, You don't want to lose that customer, but at the same time you know what it's going to do to you. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That
3: that's really hard to strike that balance. It It is. is.
2: (laughs) We're still figuring it out. We are still figuring it
1: out, but we've done so much better. And um,
3: It's just fun. Hard, stressful, but fun. Rewarding, I would think, yeah, yeah, and you guys still like each other, so that's good. Still happily married, that's good. Still very happily happily
2: married. Celebrating nine years next week. Congratulations.
3: Um, So how does that work? Just, I mean, I think that has to pose some challenges. I mean, you see each other all the time, right? And and you do have three young children, Mm -hmm. right? So Yeah. yeah, I mean,
2: it's. I mean, I think it poses some challenges, but I also think that we, from very early on. Realized what one or the other was good at, mm-hmm. what we could do and what we couldn't do, and being able to rely on the other one.
1: Our strengths and weaknesses absolutely complement each other. Mm-hmm. And so there's just it's always been a clear division of who does what. Um, and so it's never caused any tension or problems or tough conversations. I mean, we've had lots of tough conversations, but that's just business partnership. Right. Um, and I think that we're a good match. Like we're able to be really honest with each other without hurting each other's feelings. And I think business partnership and business ownership, when there's more than one person involved requires an incredible amount of trust, and confidence in somebody and for us there's no one i trust more um and i know that what he's good at i don't know anything about so i'm going to trust what he thinks is best and likewise so i think that
3: our skills have just always complemented each other and um that's great and and probably in some ways it makes it really easy then to have to decide who's going to do what right yeah Yeah. oh yeah fuss over we don't those kinds of decisions yeah if there's like a to-do it's there's no
1: question about, like, who's to-do it it. Yeah.
3: <laughs> That's an easy one, right? Yeah. Well, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about the business itself. Um, you know, for the listeners who may not know um, much about Edgework Creative, tell us what you do. So
1: we are a
3: custom millwork and metal fabrication
1: shop. We specialize in residential furniture and furnishings. So anything from a mantle or shelving to a dining table, or desks. And then commercially, we work with restaurants, offices, fitness studios, and in the commercial space, we're working with architects, we're working with interior designers, we're working with business owners, um, and we build custom fixtures and furnishings. So lots of restaurant tables, conference tables, desks, um, we work with a host of fitness studios around town doing, like, check-in desk and um, find, like, creative and beautiful solutions to mm-hmm. people's problems. Do you guys do the design work, too?
2: We don't do um, the baseline designs generally. Usually somebody, especially, like, in the commercial s- scenarios and intent, and then where we come in is we help design how it's executed, you know, design the part or the the piece itself like the the mechanics of it how do we how do we make it look like that but actually work and all
3: that that goes back to figuring it out Mm -hmm. right like you see the drawing and then you have to figure out how to bring it to life
1: yeah and in residential space it's really a blend like sometimes people reach out and they have you know for instance for a dining table they have three or four inspiration images and one might be the like style of the table one might be the wood finish one might be a table leg that they like and then um we'll sort of interpret what they want collect information and then put together a more final design uh, for
3: the client so we do design work in that regard but yeah kind of more residential Mm -hmm. yeah or individual pieces like that yep one of the things that you guys um, – you back in the beginning, anyway, you used some um, repurposed mm-hmm. wood, right? Do you still use repurposed wood, or have you grown beyond just repurposed wood? No, we
2: still work – yeah, so when we started – we actually started as a different company name. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about that. In a minute, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we started working exclusively with reclaimed lumber mm-hmm. and, and we've grown from that. We still do a lot of work with reclaimed. Um, but we, yeah, we also work with new lumber. We work. we do a ton of metal work. Um, we do you know, live edge slabs. We do laminate. We do like tons of stuff. Yeah. Our, our, um, mm-hmm. mediums and our capabilities have grown quite a bit.
3: Yeah. Yeah, so metal work. That was that part of your original part too. I feel not like that's really. Yeah, I was gonna say. I, feel I mean, like that's there was just like too. a tiny
2: little bit here yeah. and there, but it was not something that was in a lot.
1: Our first employee that we hired, we were talking about after Kickstarter's name's Joey, and when he started, he was doing woodwork, and he posed a question like, "Have you ever like I've got a welder in my garage. I'd be happy to bring it in. It could be interesting to start like." incorporating and I'd be willing to like learn and practice. And that's really how the metal work oh, wow. component started. And so as we started incorporating more, then you start getting more, re- right? More right. requests. People and, see it, then
3: they want to have metal legs on their table. And I think
1: too, like um, <laughs> as design trends change, there's like mm-hmm. really um, current and people see the vision for incorporating different materials in one
3: Peace and things right. like that. So, so like you said earlier, kind of being nimble yeah. and, mm-hmm. and sort of evolving, right? Yep. As trends come along or new skills come yep. along. Yeah, yeah. So let's circle back for a second just to the, I, I really want to talk about the, the renaming or the rebranding mm-hmm. because yeah. you guys have gone sure. through that in the short amount of time that yes. you've been around. So what led to the rebranding and, you know, in, in terms of a business, you know, for other listeners who might be thinking about, gosh, I, uh, you know, I, I feel like maybe I've got something I need to change. Like, how did that come about? And
1: and how did you do it? It was a scary decision. I remember feeling very overwhelmed by it, but it was really important to the growth of our business. So it
2: was something she had been thinking about for a lot longer than I had. And Um, I finally
1: brought it up like, I have this thought. (laughs) We need to change our name. And her
2: timing was like impeccable. Because what? So when we started out of the garage, we were rework furnishings. And we needed a name. We had some help. Um Her uncle actually helped us like develop that brand and that name and in the logo, our original logo. Um And it worked for us at the time, you know. Rework, re you know, re, mm-hmm. re,
3: well, and we refirm,
2: were
1: also re, yeah, we were using reclaimed materials. Yeah. and we were making like picture frames and coasters and these. So we were making furnishings. We were making furniture, but we were also making cutting boards and smaller goods. So we didn't want to be limited and it, it, we also when we picked the name it was a half baked idea because it was also not with the intent that we were starting a business as a full time career right so it was like this right, it was side, side hustle hobby at the time i didn't know anything about branding or design and um business ownership and so it was it was Literally to just create an Instagram handle, <laughs>
2: yeah, <and> it, <laughs> like
1: oh that's available. Sure, sounds great. You know, and
2: you know it worked well grew. for what we were doing, but it also led to a lot of people thinking we did a lot of things that we never did: refinishing, refurbishing, oh. fixing, modifying. All that. we never did I any see. of this stuff.
3: Okay, so we were
1: getting a lot of inquiries for things that we didn't do.
2: And finally, one day, I was just like, "I'm done with it." No more rework. We need to change our name. I can't take one more inquiry about will you refinish this or will you modify this? Will you take
1: Grandma's rocking chair and turn it into a dining table? You know, it was our
2: own fault. Like I mean, just the the name just let you know. We understood why people thought that. I just kind of left it out there. Yeah. Um. So we. That's kind of why we decided that we wanted to. We wanted to be a little bit more vague about. What we did, but we also didn't want to like pigeonhole ourselves into like one specific style or yeah uh, material or something like that. Which is why we got rid of the the rework. Yeah. One of the reasons we got rid of the rework.
1: Yeah. So I just was like, well, I've been thinking about that, and I think that we should consider it. And so. This, we're coming up on two years, which is crazy because in That's my mind it's like a year ago. But it was a really scary decision because then you start thinking like, what if no one ever finds us again? Right.
3: Oh, like or, repeat customers. Yeah. How are they going to find you? And yeah. so
1: actually similar to the Kickstarter, there was a lot of thoughtful planning and execution that went into that about picking the name, about the rollout and announcement of that, about the changeover of the website and business cards and how do we tell our um like architecture and design partners to make sure everybody knows and how do we forward even like all those technical things that like aside from just having a new name and a logo like how do we actually execute and change it fluidly and seamlessly i'm happy to report it was painless
2: yeah, I mean for the most part. I mean it was yeah. a
1: lot of work, but it was painless um because we were thoughtful and detailed about the execution of it and we had really great partners that helped us. Um so we chose Edgework Creative as um our new name. We wanted the creative was pretty easy to come up with, the creative portion of it because we do creative stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like we help with some design things, we build things, um, we're into interiors and then edge work was sort of like, we kept going back to like the edges of things Uh as I like was rubbing the (laughs) table, (laughs) my subconscious was leading me. Um, and you know, we'd previously been called rework. And so edge work sort of bridged the gap. Um, interestingly enough, we didn't realize it, but, um, the um, company that we worked with to redo our logo and come up with the name was the Wonder Jam, which is also here in the Tri-Village area, mm-hmm. Alley and Adam. They're so fantastic. Um, one of them pointed out that our business is on the road Edge Hill. And we were like, oh, my gosh. So then we just knew that the word Edge had to be in it. And it was just like different iterations and workshopping and writing things down. And Edgework Creative just stuck. It felt good. And it's been... Um, yeah, it was a really smooth transition. We, we launched it at the beginning of a new year. So it was like Time to new through. year, new name, you know, all that stuff. We threw a party with all of our strategic partners. We sent out email newsletters. We talked about it on our social sort of over and over and over again. Um, we had a really great like web developer who helped us with like all of the forwarding of everything and setting all that stuff up. And it was really pretty seamless. And I think, we still get a request here or there for like modification, but I think that's mostly just because we build custom furniture. And so people don't know what they don't know. Right. Like right. I've inquired just to curious. businesses before right. about like a service and they're like, we don't do that. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, so it has cut down incredibly on those inquiries
3: of projects that we don't yeah. do. Yeah. Well, to me, it sounds like aside from the the fact that you kind of kicked off your business Maybe sort of on a whim, building up mm-hmm. a, t- a table in your garage, um, the, the really critical pieces to the success of your business, you've put a tremendous amount of thought into. The Kickstarter, for one, mm-hmm. like you said, you did all your homework ahead of time and, and really relate the success of that to everything that was done leading up to it. And with the transition of their brand too, I mean that yeah. is a really big deal. Yeah, um, and and preparing for it ahead of time really um, created the success you've had in in being able to to do yeah. that. Um, so you guys know where to spend your time. I mean, you're doing it. You're doing it really. <laughs> We're well. trying our best. We yeah. are trying our best. Well, along those lines, is there um, is there anything and not just with the the branding, but the, the whole package? Is there anything you'd do differently if you had to do it all over again? Hmm.
2: I mean. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I would do all the things I'm doing now at the beginning, you know, but you can't do that, you know what? unless i i don't even know like if you go to business school, I mean most people who go to business school, I don't think start businesses, at least not in probably not right out of business, you know, they go to work mm-hmm. in corporate America or whatever, yeah, um you I don't, don't know like what you don't know, right, like but. I
1: think that starting a business and being an entrepreneur is like a constant evolution and your vision's changing and you're pivoting and adjusting because something worked or didn't work. And, um, I, I mean like the only thing I can think of that I would immediately change that we could have done earlier was like having a better sense of overall finances and a bigger picture look at everything when we were going through that tremendous growth. Um, it would have, Saved us some like pain and suffering, like a little over a year ago, and some hard decisions that we had to make. But we grew a lot from those, and while they were hard conversations and tested our (laughs) willingness to stay the course, it also, those are like important conversations to have, and it's important to be able to talk openly and honestly about frustrations and struggles and insecurities and things like that so we're and we're much better business owners as a result of I that. I think
2: the other thing is you know we didn't have a business plan when we started and we I mean we we have a business plan now it's still fairly loose but um, as far as like a documented business plan but what we did do recently or last last year is we you know laid out our mission vision and values. And if you're, if that's all you do in a business plan, it's the most important thing. And sticking to those mission, vision, and values, um, and going back to the values when you're growing your team and who you're surrounding yourself with and making sure that their values are in line with yours, with your company values, hiring, and if you have to, firing to your values.
3: Yeah. I think that's really good advice. We actually went through something similar with the chamber um, about a year ago in setting. The, the mission was already established, but vision and values, um, core principles, and 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 I do I think about that a lot um, when we're trying to decide programming or, or, or you know whatever the next move is. Mm-hmm. Um, does that align? And when you're trying to make a decision, do we want to take on this project or do we want to do this or do that? Does it align with these? these values that we've established for ourselves. It gives you power to say no. It does. And it's really hard as an entrepreneur to say no yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Like we talked earlier, it just, it is. Because um, yeah. it's scary. It's scary to say no. Right, it is, it <laughs> right? is. Um, is there any advice that you guys might have, particularly for a couple that's thinking about going into business together? Um, I would say... Kiss your work-life balance
1: goodbye. (laughs) There's no such thing. Um, But I wouldn't have it any other way. Like I, I just can't imagine us like being at work and being business partners, and then like leaving work and going home, and you just like flip that switch off. I mean, I think that um, we're just we're living our business, and that comes home and that
3: goes with us out to dinner on a Friday night. Um, so I think that's part of an entrepreneur too. You, yeah, you, you never turn it off, yeah. right? You're always thinking about it, even if you're not at the computer or not at the shop or, or whatever, it's yep. it's always there, but you guys are in it together, yep. yeah. which yeah. I mean, does I, make it a little unique, I think. Um, I
2: come in generally every day and like, have had at least one or two random thoughts in between the time I left and the time I'm coming back of things like, huh, I need to look at that. Huh, I need to look at that. I need to talk to this person about this project. I'm like, is this, you know, is that going to work? And I just, our operations manager, who his actual title is the director of getting shit done. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you know, He's, he's oper- operations and operation. production for those um, PC. <laughs> <laughs> he recently recently had his wife recently had their first baby and so the sleep is you know
3: oh well sleep inconsistent. Yeah. Inconsistent. Not <laughs> much sleep. Yes. so he's
2: up a lot in the middle of the night and he made a comment to me the other day he's like the things that i think about in the middle of the night now <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Yep, right there with yep. me buddy. yeah
3: yeah it's crazy Random thoughts
2: about random projects and just to need to figure out a way to store and catalog those things so you can come back to them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think just as business partners and life partners, um, finding a good balance of responsibilities, because I truly think that the reason why we've been so successful, we've, he and I have talked about it openly that our business would never be where it is today without either one of us. Like if he hadn't been, if I had wanted to start this business, there's no way we would be where we are because I just don't have the know how and I'm not wired the same way as he is and vice versa. Like he doesn't have the skill set and any sort of sense of what or like how I do what I do. And so it's been a very easy balance for us to strike in our business. And I know people, husband and wife, um, business owners who've started and closed and been successful and some of the things that i hear them saying are that like they don't work well together because they're both creatives or they both Mm -hmm. really have a very strong opinion about this one thing and they can't seem to agree on it um and i can see that that would be very very right challenging complementary skills yeah (laughs) right and like who can you be more frank with than your husband or wife i mean like (laughs)
3: Yeah, I mean, you be about
1: right. anything, <laughs> about yeah. putting away laundry or making strong, smart business decisions. Yeah, I mean, I just you think can...
2: that it's you just need to know going into it that it's it's the hardest starting and running a business. It's the hardest thing you'll ever do, but it's if you got the drive and the willingness to to do it, it's it's great.
3: Yeah. That's awesome. And you know what? That's a great way to wrap up. That's perfect. Um, So as we do that, though, I want to make sure that we let our listeners know um, where to find you guys. So do you want to share your contact information?
1: Yeah. Edgework Creative is located in, we call it the Grandview Yard area, but we're um, very near Giant Eagle, across the street from the Giant Eagle at Grandview Yard on at 1271 Edge Hill Road. And we're the big gray metal barn in the middle of the city. <laughs> and our website is edgeworkcreative.co. And we're open Monday through Friday
3: from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. or always online. Awesome. And I encourage everyone to stop in because it is awesome. It is yes. really awesome. It's an ins- I love I always coming
1: in there, yeah. <laughs> I always tell people it doesn't disappoint. It um, does not. It does not. It's a very cool space. And then um, we post all of our... Recent projects and um, collaborations and things on all of our social media
3: channels, which are Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest. So you awesome. can find us there. All right. Thank you, Lindsay and Alex. And congratulations. And we'll look forward to lots more from Edward Creative. Thanks for having us.
0: Thank you. Thanks for subscribing, downloading, and listening to Business Inspires, a monthly podcast of the Tri-Village Chamber Partnership. Our innovative and active chamber is successful because of our smart and engaged members who cultivate our strong business community. With more than 60 years as an integral part of the Grandview, Upper Arlington, and Marble Cliff communities, the Tri Village Chamber Partnership is dedicated to a single purpose the success of the business community. You can find a link to our website in the podcast notes to learn more about the Tri Village Chamber Partnership. For information about this podcast, to schedule a guest appearance, or to find out more about sponsoring this podcast, our contact information is in the podcast notes. Make sure you rate and review our podcast on iTunes. That helps us spread the word about Business Inspires.